Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. With me, as always, my co-host, John. What's up? And uh, today, we kind of had a little, kind of a little session before the podcast to talk about what we wanted to talk about. We wasn't too sure how in-depth we wanted to go with things right off the bat, but we figured we'll just go ahead and get it out of the way. So, today's podcast is about the stress of life. Is there stress in life? Uh, yeah, <laughs> every person that I know deals with multiple stresses. Ah, so, so you ask a good question. What kind of stress? Yeah. There are a ton of different stresses. Not all of them are bad. You know, you have you stress, which is like a hormetic response that you have to get used to. But one of the big things that comes with being a father, especially a first time father that I learned very quickly was it gets extremely stressful, extremely quick. Very, very fast. Very fast. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, so um, a little bit of background on our youngin was me and my wife tried for probably a year and a half to two years. So, I mean, it ain't like, you know, it just came out of the way. You know, we were married for about two and a half years. We were like, okay, it's time to expand the family a little bit. So we were even planning to have a child. And then whenever, you know, she peed on the stick and we realized he was on his way. We're like, okay, so shit just got real. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I can remember that. Yeah. yeah, so even though, you know, like I tried to plan out as much as I could, you know, I talked to my CPA friend who I hope to have on here soon and uh, talked to him, you know, like, okay, what am I getting myself into? You know, and he was like, okay, this is what I see from various families that have planned their children. This is what I see from families that had a pop-up pregnancy and everything in between. So we kind of got a little bit of game plan down, man, but. Not, I mean, don't get me wrong, money is one of the biggest stressors in life. And it's actually, I didn't know this, but he was talking to me about it. And he said that causes more divorces than anything. Oh, yeah. Financial sure. situations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and couples' tendency to keep financial uh, disparities away from each other, that's definitely a huge stressor because they, you know, you don't want to let each other down. And, yeah. you know, it's probably rained hell on numerous relationships uh-huh. yeah i mean the mother of all evil right yeah money. well <laughs> so that's one thing keeps getting brought up and i don't believe that money is the root of all evil i believe love of money can yeah, be the root exactly. of evil yeah. agreed yeah exactly yeah but no i mean money itself is a tool you use it or you abuse it be the way it's just a tool yeah i mean it's one of those that i think once you realize that you can live comfortably with a lot less Yes. Um, it's a huge eye-opener, oh. and it's been a big thing for us, for sure. And speaking of which, and like I know it's in all walks of life, but the fitness industry is littered with people living above their means, mm-hmm. trying to look the part. You oh, know, yeah. I have to drive the fancy car. I have to have a new T-shirt every week. I have to have new shorts, new clothes every season. No, man, you really don't. Oh, yeah, man, because yeah. it's like I literally work out in the same two T-shirts and the same two pairs of shorts six, six days a week, yeah. you know, as long as I can keep some smelly stuff in the washing machine, well, I'm yeah. good, man. Like, the war, I hate buying workout clothes. I'm like, yeah. I'll go through my old T-shirts. Let's turn these into workout shirts. Get the mm-hmm. sleeves off. Bam, you got a workout shirt, you know. Yeah, exactly, man. And, I mean, even with me, you know, on the professional side of things, of course I'm more professional. I mean, I ain't going to show up with a shirt that's eight years old and has holes in it while I'm training clients. I'll work out in those, but I won't train yeah. clients in that. But still, man, I mean, like it doesn't matter. I've got Under Armour shorts that I've had for seven years. I wear them once a week. Yeah. I love those shorts. They're comfortable. I don't need to buy new ones, you know. Right. But there's just so many. And um, so not to like bash on the females or anything, but I worked with some female trainers. They were the most high-maintenance women I'd ever seen in my life, man. Oh, it yeah. was just insane. You talk to them, and you're like, my God, how do you make any money here? Like, every dollar you spend goes right back into getting the hair, nailed, like, every, like you don't have to look like oh, you're yeah. signing up for a photo shoot every single day you come in. Don't get me wrong. Don't look grungy by any means. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I still, mean, man. For, for me and my wife, I guess I'm probably the one that, you know, that looks more to quality, I yeah. guess. Like, mm-hmm. you know. If, if I'm going to buy something, if I'm going to buy a pair of boots, I'm going to buy the pair of boots that that I know is going to last. That's what I yeah. want. Yeah. I'm going to spend some money. Mm-hmm. Um, if I go buy, 
work clothes or whatever. I'm going to buy what I know is going to last. Now, my wife, she's one of the most frugal people I know. If it's not on clearance, she's not going to buy it. And she, but, but I, you know, I got to give her kudos. I give her kudos all the time. She'll get a, she'll come home with four bags of clothes and she spent eight bucks because she bought them all at Dollar General. And I'm like, really? That came from Dollar General? She's like, yeah. She's like, I would have spent $40 at Belk for this thing. I got it for, you know, $2 at Dollar General. You know, me, I'm going, well, you know, it's going to last about a week. Yeah. But, you know, you know, I completely understand that, man. And, like, I've got my thing, too. Like, I'm not going to lie. When it comes to clothes, especially my jiu-jitsu gear, yeah. like, I like nice jiu-jitsu gear. But same thing. You know, uh-huh. like, I can buy the $80 gi, and it lasts me six months. Or, you know, I can buy the $200 gi, and I've got some of them in my closet right here yep. that I've had for six years. And I've just, like, I've beat the hell out of them. I've had people sling me around by the collars, by yep. the sleeves, everything. Like, you, whenever it comes to your work stuff, you have to buy quality, or you're going to be buying it over and over. Oh, yeah. Work stuff and hobby stuff. I mean, running shoes, I'm yep. going to spend the money on the running shoes that I know they're going to last. I know it's mm-hmm. going to do exactly, perform the way I want to perform. Same thing goes with bicycles. Yep. I mean, if you want to race a bicycle, uh, you know, at, at a higher level, you know, yeah. Walmart's not going to be the bicycle you want to buy. I was about to say, I can't run those on my Huffy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could probably do it, but, um, you know, it's... And then plus you're trusting yeah. people at Walmart to put together a bicycle. Mm, um, that's true. So, you know, it's, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think uh, there are definitely stuff that you can spend money on and not be stressed out. But then there's all that, all that excess that we tend to think we need or think we have to have. That, yes. That rains, mm. rains hellfire on our, our relationships. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, not only your relationship, but just the financial need, or not the financial need, but the financial stress of keeping up with the Joneses and yeah. having the newest everything that comes out. Oh, the iPhone 10 just came out. I'm oh, sure yeah. I got to get one of those. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, your iPhone 6 is still working good, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think, and I always go back to growing up, you know, I grew up in, in the mountains of North Carolina um, and uh, actually lived on what's called Little Horse Creek, which is a big river. Mm-hmm. Um, always an odd name for a big river, but Little Horse Creek. Yeah. Um, right off, right off the side of the river, a little tin shack on a hill on mm-hmm. the side of the mountain. Uh, spring fed, no indoor plumbing. Uh, the whole nine yards. You know, um, you went outside to to do your your do, duty. Yeah. And you did that before it got dark outside because otherwise you would be eaten. Um, <laughs> Um, but you know, I have to give kudos to growing up that way, um, now, uh, because a lot of people don't understand or have never really struggled. So they think mm-hmm. that when they can't have that new iPhone, they're really struggling. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you're like, I ain't got a pot to piss in. What are you talking about? You got the new iPhone. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't really understand struggle. But so for those of us that kind of grew up in that period or, or grew up in, those times and struggles, I think that's helped us in our adult lives, of course. I'll have to appreciate what we have and not want so much more. Um, yeah. And I know that that plays over with our kids. Um, and that's kind of where I was bringing that. You know, um, he has, now he's 12 now, but um, the kid has never asked for anything, ever, mm-hmm. ever. I mean, he's literally, you know, when I was a kid or, or a teenager or any of the kids I knew, when you said, what do you want for Christmas? They handed you a list of 50 things. Yeah. I mean, you literally have to beat it out of this kid. Like, <laughs> what do you want for Christmas? And he's like, uh, I don't know. What do you want for Christmas? I'm good. Nothing really. And I'm like, no, seriously. Well, I would really like to have this, but it's kind of expensive. And I'm like, well, what's expensive? And he's like, well, it's like $100. And you're like, really, kid? Like, I totally appreciate it. He's one of those that you never had when you pushed him through Walmart or the, the department store. He wasn't the one screaming bloody murder like, I want a toy or take me to the toy section or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't, he's never been that way. And I think yeah. a lot of that goes back to the fact that, you know, we were kind of raised that way. And yeah. we've kind of, me and my wife, when we first got married, as most young married couples do, I mean, we struggled. We struggled financially. We were still you know, in the beginnings of our careers, yeah. um, bought our first house, you know, we're living paycheck to paycheck yeah. and we had a kid not so long into that, you know, yeah. um, and like any 
new newly married couple in a new house with a new kid, you're also going to struggle. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so we struggled, but we did, you know, what my parents did. We made it work. We worked hard and provided. And I think that, you know, with him, it's going to be the way he is um, growing up. Yeah. And, I mean, I completely understand. That's one of the big reasons why I'm not a huge fan of kind of keeping up with the Joneses is because I grew up the same way. You know what I mean? Right. A lot of it was a struggle, and I decided that I didn't want to struggle anymore. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know? So I could buy a $50 T-shirt or a $60 T-shirt, or I can, like, put that back for a rainy day. You know? Oh, yeah. With my profession, I'm an independent contractor. Yeah. So I don't have any type of retirement whatsoever through my company. So everything that we can goes into a retirement fund. Right. You know, and like, so with me, I want to retire by the time I'm 45. But my, yeah, there with you. Yeah. My retirement looks a lot different than most people's retirements. Yeah. Because every time I meet somebody new, I always tell them I'm semi-retired anyways. Yeah. So, you know, I'll still train clients probably for the rest of my life, but it's going to be at a limited capacity with the clients I truly enjoy to train. You know, so I'm going to cut back, cut way back to where basically I train when I want to. Right. And that's it. Yeah. So. I mean, even in my career, I'm, I think I'm like six or seven years from retirement. I mean, I'll literally awesome. be 46, 47 years old. And, yeah. you know, Lord willing, I stay healthy, I can go a little earlier. Um, yeah. And that's my whole goal. I've kind of worked to set myself up to where I could mm-hmm. retire that young, but then go into like, consulting and travel you know mm-hmm. travel the the country and, yeah. and consult and my wife will actually retire about the same time i will and then by Damn. that time our kid will be in college mm-hmm. um so you know our thing is is not being tied down when we yeah. retire so that we can go um travel yeah um, we can go i mean yeah, my kid's probably going coastal school um mm-hmm. his whole thing is marine biology and weather so oh that's awesome um, yeah, yeah, he's he's totally sold on that's his career, and yeah. that's one of those things that I'm pretty proud of because, I mean, I decided on kind of my career and how I wanted to move forward when I was young. Yeah, um, and he has as well, and so that's what I told her. I was like, you know, if we're not tied down financially here, then if he decides to go to, I don't know, to whichever coast. Yeah, I mean, we could always go to that coast and live part of the year there, and mm. travel here and travel there, and you know, just see everything that we haven't seen. Yeah, uh, while I've been working. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I completely lost my train of thought. Yeah, so you know, and I mean, don't get me wrong; like, it's awesome to be in a career. Um, that's one of the big things that took stress away from my life mm-hmm. was moving. From uh, you know, as from a jobber to a professional, yeah. you know, like getting out of the warehouse before um, I decided to go full time here, I was actually working three jobs. So I had my job at the hospital as a cardiopulmonary rehab tech on the weekends. So as usually Saturday, Sunday, three weekends a month, and I worked full time at a machine shop over in Eichard, right? Which absolutely loved that job, man. That's one of the reasons why I had to go full time here. What machine shop was? Because it's H three D. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, it's uh, right off the Eichard exit. Oh, okay. And it was an excellent place to work, man. I picked up on running the machines. They called me a button pusher because I wasn't a machinist. Oh, yeah. You know, and, like, they were very, like, the guys were cool. I mean, they were all funny. Oh, But yeah. they'd give you shit all the time if you were just a button pusher. Yeah. You know? But with those machines, man, like, the job was awesome. I loved the people I worked with. The pay was great. And literally, like, I pushed buttons. We made uh, metal or steel heads usually for cutting implements for other machines and stuff like that. So literally I started out um, with the tire shredder, cleaning those up, and then they moved me over to a five axis lathe. And then I moved over to the mill, you know? So like I was moving up fairly quickly for as long as I've been there, but you know, I paid attention when people talked. It wasn't that difficult. A lot of people didn't, (laughs) but nah, man, like I was literally running the machine one day and I was talking to uh, the floor supervisor, Willie Croft. And he was like, yeah, man, he's like, I think you're going to go far here. I think you're yeah. going to be here for a long time. As soon as he said that, I was like, no, this, this, this isn't what I want to do, man. Oh, yeah. Like, I appreciate the opportunity, but like, as soon as he said that, it hit me. I was like, yeah, I could, I could kind of see myself working here for a long time too. 
Yeah. You know, and that scared me because I knew that that wasn't what I wanted to do. And, you know, at that time, being a personal trainer is what I really want to do. Right. So that's when I started stepping it up. I started learning as much as I could. I started trying to take on clients, market myself more, and just finally figure out what it is that I wanted to do. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, for me, I've been, my career, I really started my career and I've managed to stay in, uh, in my field. I started working in this field when I was 14 years old, um, working summer jobs. What'd you do then? For the same thing I'm doing now for a small municipality. Well, when I started, I was, you know, I started at the bottom and I was slinging a weed eater eight, (laughs) ten hours a day, push mower, you know, all that stuff. And I mean, I've been around agriculture my whole life anyway, growing Mm. up. And so, you know, my boss, his name's Steve Morrow, man, probably... Still one of the best bosses, probably one of the best bosses I'll ever have. I yeah. talk about him uh, a lot. I actually saw him not too long ago. It was the first time I've seen him in quite a few years. And, you know, the guy was great. Um, just, I guess he saw something in me I didn't see, really. Yeah. Took me under his wing and and showed me the ropes. And, and it was one of those where I worked all the way through high school. Mm-hmm. And and he was, actually, uh, he was actually being promoted into a an assistant director's position um, and offered me his job. Mm-hmm. And I was like, look, you know, you've been here, you, you've you got what it takes and and I want to offer you this job. And and I was kind of at that point, I was getting ready to graduate, was right before I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. So I would be able to move into that and it was one of those, well, do I go to college or do I go to work? Yeah. And at that point, and then, you know, getting a job with local government and municipal government, um, if you could get your foot in the door and get started, it was a r- really rare thing. So I jumped on that and then went and then ended up going to college uh, while I was working. I went to night school and you yeah. know and all those things and um, and it's just gone from there. Uh, and that's one of those things I feel really fortunate about is is being able to stay in the same field as long as I have. Because a lot of people are like, oh, you've only been doing this for 10 years. I'm like, no, I've been doing it for over 20. And it's like, but you're only you're only 39 years old. I'm like, exactly. I've been doing it for over half my life. And it's like, but I enjoy doing it. Yeah. Um, now, to be completely honest, I've moved up the ranks, and I'm where I'm at now. And I never thought I would be there, be where I'm at now. Um, yeah. But with every promotion it comes more stress and oh, yeah. uh and more you know more effects on the family mm-hmm. uh, more effects on uh your your health and more so your health now i mean you know we're getting getting older we're not getting any younger so yeah. dealing with stress and thinking about oh my god if i don't stop stressing i have a stroke or <laughs> you know um yeah no but so i mean you bring up a excellent topic it's kind of um you know at both ends of the spectrum you have a lot more stress the big thing is is finding that comfortable middle to where you know like you're making plenty you're making enough to survive Mm -hmm. enough to throw a little bit back for a rainy day but you're not to the point to where you're stressed out because you got you know 50 people under you 200 people whatever number under you to where you feel like you're just constantly working you know i know a lot of uh, small business owners and a couple guys who like do some stuff online as far as marketing and stuff like that, and they're working seven days a week. Yeah. They're knocking out 12, 14 hour days, seven days a week, and that's literally all they do. Like they've got a ton of money, yeah. but they have nothing to do to, you know, enjoy the money yeah. or go on vacation because they can't take those time off. They take, oh, they go on vacation, their work goes right with them, yeah. and they just look at the beach while they're on the laptop. You know, yep. that was always a big struggle for me because. You know, much like you coming from the bottom side of that, I was stressed out about not having enough money. And then, you know, the middle part, whenever my personal training took off, it really took off. And I literally kind of skipped the middle and went towards the high side to where I was working. You know, I've never worked weekends here. I do a seminar every now and then, but nothing major. But it went to where I was working, you know, Monday through Friday, knocking out 16-hour days. You know, I'd eat breakfast and lunch and dinner at the gym in between clients. Oh, yeah. So that just, that wasn't working for me whenever we had Raylan. Luckily, I've been able to scale back thanks to the Rona, mainly. But it was good to slow down, man. Yeah. It really was. Uh, and that's another one of the, the 
the downfalls to cell phones and smartphones, man. Like, and and I'm one of those people where I am I am loyal to my job. I'm loyal mm-hmm. to the folks I work for. Mm-hmm. So, come hell or high water, I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get it done. Yeah, and, and they know that. Um, and that's one of those things that it it's great to be that way. Mm-hmm. And that, that comes with everything from work to fit, it comes from work to fitness to whatever hobbies, yeah. the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. But where it bites me sometimes, or where it has in the past, in the area where I've had to work on the most, is to where it becomes almost an obsession with like I have to make sure this is taken care of. I have to make sure yeah. this gets done. I have to do this to where when you're taking those breaks, I mean maybe you're Monday through Friday, but you're really working Monday through Sunday, seven days a week yeah. because you're answering emails, you're answering phone calls, you're trying to put out fires. Um, and before you realize it, that becomes just, that's, that's just normal. Yeah. You go on vacation and you, you're you coming, you like go to the beach, you go out to the beach for a while, you come in to get something to eat. First thing you do, you walk in, you pick up your phone, check your emails. Mm-hmm. Oh crap. Well, let me, work on this an hour yeah, later let me knock it out real yeah, quick an hour yeah. later your family is going hey we're gonna go to the, we're gonna go back down to the beach you already go oh jesus christ i'm trying to get this this email this this stuff done i got mm-hmm. so you know now you're stressed yep. you're you're on vacation you're stressed out already um and so for me that's been one of those things and it's good to have uh have some friends at work i mean i've got trust me i've got friends at work uh, showing me one of them that's just like me where we're yeah. like we're, we're sold to making sure this gets taken care of yeah but then there's others that whisper that in your ear and say hey you really need to just unplug put that down you can handle it it'll, it'll take care of itself you have people to take care of it yeah or you'll handle it when you get back you know mm-hmm. and for a long time i was just like Psh, whatever i'm not listening to that mm-hmm. but as i've gotten older i've started to pay more attention to that and that's one of those things where I've, I've made myself like, okay, I'm taking my phone with me, but the chances of you getting a hold of me are going to be slim. I'll check it on occasion, mm-hmm. which literally I'll leave it in the room, and yeah. I may not check it till the end of the day. Um, yeah. And at that point, it's not anything you can just dive into and take care of, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, yeah, that's just one of those uh, work stressors, man. But it's one of those things that I think, even with working out, like, um, you can become so enthralled with you know workouts and health and physical fitness mm. that you totally it becomes everything and you totally oh. forget about the other stuff you're supposed to be doing because yeah. you're so obsessed with, with the fitness end of things um, yeah. or hobbies or whatever. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I've been there too. I mean, not with my, um, not in my current relationships. But in, you know, past relationships, I'd have a girlfriend or something. Like, I'd work out six, seven days a week back then just because, you know, it was new to me. I loved it. I had no clue what I was doing. So I overtrained myself a couple times. I injured myself doing stupid shit a couple times. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, like, what they're like, well, you don't have to go today. Just come hang out with me. No, I have to go today. Yeah. Like, I don't think you know how this works. I have to go today. So it was really damaging to not only my own fitness and my own health, but it's damaging to relationships too. Yeah. So that become a stressor that me and my significant other would argue over. Yeah. So no, I completely understand that. But yeah, man, when I go on vacation, I try to leave my phone in the room. I'll check it occasionally because that's one thing about this profession too is, you know, I have clients in a professional setting, but all my clients are my friends too. Yeah. You know, so like when they message me, it ain't like work to message them back. You know, if they have a oh, question, yeah. I'm like, oh, hey. How you doing? Yeah. yeah, day's going good. Yeah, this is the answer to the question, you know. So, um, yeah, like the way I see it, the administrative side of things, that all can wait till I get back. I don't yeah. care about that. But whenever my clients message me, I try to message them back. But they're always cool about it, too. You know, most of them are like, hey, I got a question. Text me back whenever you get a minute. But, you know, take your time. Like, you can yeah. wait till tomorrow, you know. Because they understand that, you know, whenever I'm in here, like you were talking about before, as far as loyalty, I'm loyal to my clients as much as I can be. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want to take care of them. I want them to know that, hey, I'm not just here for a paycheck. I'm here to help you out as well. Yeah. Like, I'm here for you, whatever you need. So, whenever I decide to take a week off, they're like, oh, yeah, 
go enjoy yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. You know, so oh, yeah. that's always good, and that's always kind of knocks the stress down a little bit. I have had clients where they're like, oh, wait, you take vacations? Like, what, you're not going to be here next week? What am I supposed to do next week? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Figure it out. Like, you take vacation at your work, don't you? Like, well, yeah, but I didn't think you were going to take it. I'm like, no, let me stay here 52 weeks a year so that way I can hit you for every single one of your sessions and make sure that you're going to be okay. Yeah. Like, no, you'll be fine for one week of Alfie. Yep. <laughs> this is a, going to test your self-motivation right here. Bring a blue blankie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, luckily I don't have any clients like that now. And I only had a couple like that before. And, you know, like we talked about, those were kind of the ones who liked to crack the whip and thought that I was their personal servant. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I tend to have those, yeah. but. Not so much. Mm, yeah. So, and, you know, too, while we're on the topic of financial stress, right now is an extremely stressful time for a lot of people. There's a ton of people out of work. Um, one of my friends, I'll go ahead and throw out the disclaimer. I don't know how true this is, but judging from the person it came from, I imagine that it's either true or not far off. They were talking about 20,000 small businesses in North Carolina alone that went under. Yeah, it's, so, I heard the same yeah. similar number. So. 20,000 people in North Carolina. Yeah. They just literally lost their life's work. You know, nobody opens a small business because it's a catchy thing to do. You open a small business because you're going to work your ass off for a decade and hope you make some money after that, oh, yeah. man. And, yeah, I've and, actually driven by, you know, just riding the roads, and I've seen quite a few you yeah. know, those corner places that you know, have been open for years. Yeah. Their sign's gone. And the four lease signs up. It's kind of like, it's really strange. It's one of those yeah. things I was just like, I don't know. I guess it's one of those things you didn't really expect. Yeah. You know, it's new. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you see people go under, but not this many people all yeah. at once. Not at that type of scale. And, um, dude, I mean, look at mm-hmm. it this way. Like, if we were to follow Governor Cooper's order and keep the gym closed, yeah. this would be six months oh, yeah. of shutdown. Yeah. And, I don't know if you know much about the gym industry, but it's not an extremely profitable industry. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, I think they said uh, most gyms are, I don't remember the actual statistics, so I don't want to give a number, but most gyms close within the first six months because the owners don't understand what they're getting into. Yeah. You know? So, whenever you talk about every gym being closed for six months, how do you think that's going to run? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But... I don't know, man. It's it's a very stressful situation, but one of the big things, and you know, um, I think we talked about on the first podcast. I actually got to stay at home with Raylan as my wife went back to work. Talking about stressful situation, (laughs) (laughs) I'll get into that in a second. But one of the big things that you know we kind of had to sit down and talk about, you know, like whenever first you know he threw out that stay at home order, it's like, look, you know, we we kind of need to start pinching pennies and. Like, I don't know what this is going to mean, you know. When yeah. he threw out that stay-at-home order, supposed to be for two weeks, and then he knocked it up to five weeks. Yeah. And, you know, it's a very stressful time. I was scrambling, trying to make sure I could get as many clients moved to the online program as well. I hadn't really used the online program, so I had to rush as fast as I could and get a couple hundred videos up there so I could start using the exercises on the online program and just – Man, it was stressful. We didn't know what was going on. I didn't know when the gym was going to open back up, you know. And luckily, I was able to uh, get a hold of a corporate gig right before the shutdown. That helped out a lot. But I was scrambling, trying to talk to all the corporate gigs that I talked to before. I was like, hey, how's the personal training going? Like, is there any chance y'all want to move to online? I can offer it to your entire company, you know, try to give them a good rate. Just try to get some type of income. But it was literally like, you know, look the unknown will scare the shit out of you because you don't know which way to go. And it's not like, you know, I was a bad personal trainer and I lost clients. Somebody was physically saying, hey, you cannot go into your gym and make money. Yeah. So, I mean, we had no clue what was going on there. Yeah, I mean, for for both of us, I mean, we kind of, well, my wife's a teacher, so she was at home, but she still, you know, she still got paid. Yeah. Um, she did the she did the online stuff, which that was honestly watching her do that was worse than yeah. was worse than teaching in a classroom because you're talking from the time you know six o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. she was still sitting in there at a computer working it's you know seven or eight o'clock at night 
answering emails and text messages from parents at you know mm-hmm. 11 p.m. and 1 a.m. and it's like wow this is insanity um, and you know for me it was you know we were we were still working um, yeah. our normal stuff but uh, I mean it got a lot busier for us just because there was a lot of stuff to do and then but we you know we still had to close facilities too yeah. Um, but that just meant, well, since these facilities are closed, let's get all this work done. So, you know, for me, it got stressful in the fact that I was just trying to manage so many projects um, yeah. at one time um, and just juggle what I already had in the kiln on top of on top of that. But yeah, and you took over Parks and Rec right before that too, didn't you? Uh, the Parks maintenance part of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they kind of increased your job responsibilities and increase yeah. the men that you were watching over yeah, right so, before all that happened too. And, you know, we were just, we were in the middle of, you know, normal projects and then new projects, which don't get me wrong. It kept us busy and kept our mind off things. And I'm grateful for it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it kind of increased the stress there. And plus, I mean, we didn't know, you know, we, we were kind of in the dark on what was, as everybody else was on what was going to happen, what's going to be the outcome of this thing, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I don't know, it's hmm. one of those unknowns because it's really the first time we've dealt with it. Yeah. Um, That's what I'm saying. If you know what the problem is, you can tackle it. Right. But whenever it's like a, eh, we're going to close for two weeks and then we'll see. Yeah. You know, like yeah. same thing with him opening damn gyms back up, man. Everything else is open except bars. I have to like close at 11 p.m. or something because yeah. that's when the Rona rolls in it's around 11 p.m. Yeah, yeah. And gyms. And like every five weeks, we hop online and he says, okay, we're going to do it for another five weeks. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, yeah. like the gyms in North Carolina are just like, screw this, we're opening up. We have to. Yeah. We got mouse feed, we got bills to pay. But I trained a couple teachers, and that's one of the things they were talking about. As soon as that stay at home order hit, you know, a lot of them are elementary school teachers, middle school teachers. They don't have an online curriculum. Yeah. They don't do hybrid classes at that yeah. young. So they're scrambling, trying to get a camera up and yeah. record stuff and figure out how to work Zoom and all I that mean, other stuff. Yeah, that was pure. I mean, my kid had to show me how to do Zoom because, <laughs> of course, you know, with everything else, like yeah. all my media, all, all, this meeting is going to a Zoom meeting. You got a Zoom meeting at this time and a Zoom meeting at this time and a whatever there was like, I don't know, five other platforms that were like Zoom, but not Zoom. Yeah. And I'm just like, hey, Sully, help me figure out how to do this, man. <laughs> like, I got to have, have all these meetings. I don't know how to do, I don't know how to do a Zoom meeting. Like, yeah. you know, um, but a good thing to have a kid that, that understands technology because yeah. I'm terrible at it. I'm, not, I'm pretty old school mm-hmm. um, for most. But, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we did, I mean, we, we really tried to, we really tried to pay attention to at least a lot of the people we knew, local mm-hmm. small business owners, and and you know buy all the stuff we could and support yeah. as many small businesses during this whole thing. Um, you know, one of my one of my favorite places, and I'll give them a little shout out here. Uh, one of the best record stores around, Dead Wax Records in Lenore, North Carolina. Um, Chris Crookston is the owner there. Um, he's you know of course he had to close up shop too. Um, but guys always taking care of me and, and we, we, we tried to spend, I, I tried to spend, uh, well, a little bit of extra cash I had, um, with yeah. him during this thing to help, help him get back on his feet and, uh, plenty of the restaurants and coffee shops and all those things. Uh, and then of course, you know, when we're here working, uh, all the local folks in town here, but mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where we were like, just like, how can we, how can we help the people that we know? You know that we know they're stuck at home and can't work. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I tried to do the same thing. Luckily, a lot of the um, privately owned and like little mom and pop shop restaurants around here were offering curbside service. Yeah. You know, you yeah. call in, do yep. all that stuff. You'd go in literally just to pay, or sometimes they just bring it out to your car if you'd paid online, yeah. or they had one of those little. Uh, Portable Bluetooth card readers. Yep. They just carry out to your car. You didn't even have to get out. I mean, that was awesome. I wish they'd keep doing that feature. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, we're still, we still do, a, I mean, I've gone to a couple of restaurants, um, but I actually kind of like the whole, <laughs> the, yeah. the pickup thing. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, I, 
I like it. That's mean, and I'm not really a people person anyways. Yeah. So if I can, like, you know, order hatch, pick it up, and then just drive home and eat it, I'm perfectly happy with that. Yeah. You know, or like Longhorn, they started doing delivery mm-hmm. service, you know, obviously not mom and pop shop, but, right. you know, get a great steak, That's take fine. it home, really watch a movie. Steak. Yeah. Yeah, man, we do more. We do more takeout and, and movies and our shows and all that good stuff mm-hmm. um, together. It's easier to be together when you're at home than it is a restaurant to me, anyway. Yeah, right. there's a couple of those restaurants we like to hit, like we'll hit the Peddler up in Boone, and mm-hmm. that's one of those places. But then, of course, with the Rona, mm-hmm. the best part of that place was their salad bar. Mm-hmm. They had this banging salad bar with soup and these rolls that I'm not supposed to eat, but they're really good. <laughs> Nothing um, wrong with rolls, man. God, these things are yeah. fantastic, but. Um, yeah, so it's closed. I'm like, well, I can cook a steak at home. Yeah, that was <laughs> my know? big thing, man. Lowe's Foods right here. You know, it's uh, family-owned as well. You know, yeah. it's a big business. Yep. But it's still family-owned. Lowe's Foods, man, they have the freshest salad bar I've ever seen anywhere. Yeah. I go once a week and literally what well, I call it a meat lover salad. So, I mean, there's like some spinach and, yeah. you know, stuff in there. But it's got chicken, bacon, ham, turkey, oh, yeah. everything piled on strong, you know. Like, you can get a big-ass salad for like 10 11 bucks. It's easily two meals. Yeah, and, it's all, yeah, can't do yeah. nothing. Now it's all prepackaged stuff. I'm like, no, I, uh-huh. I want to, like, that don't have enough meat in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. But, no, their salads are great. But, yeah, and I mean, I understand why you can't have an open salad bar at this time. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying I missed that. I, wish. Well, I can't wait for it to open back up. That's like uh, Jason's Deli. And we eat there. Mm-hmm. And me and Sean usually eat there two or three times a week. Because yeah. we go just tear down a salad bar. Yeah. I mean, the thing's fantastic. You mm-hmm. know, salad bar, salad grilled chicken, bam. Yeah. Perfect. Um, but right now it's call it in. Or uh, we do online. We get picking yeah. up salads, which... Eh, they're okay. I mean, you tell them what all you want on it, they'll throw it on there. But yeah, if they're not going to get the right quantities, but it's yeah. not the right quantities, yeah. and you know, not enough dressing. And, oh yeah, you know the little picky shit that you want to build your own salad for. Exactly, know? and yeah. so you know, it's a. Mm. Uh, I guess I mean I've I've leaned out a little bit more, so maybe that was maybe <laughs> it's <laughs> helping me. <laughs> yeah, you've been eating too much spinach and maybe leafy greens, eat, man. Yeah, maybe I had too much. Yeah, but nah, man, and. You know, uh, so whenever I stayed at home to watch Raylan, um, completely new experience for me. You know, like I, like I know of kids, yeah. but I've never really like been the primary caretaker of a oh, child. Yeah. Dude, I mean, like every time he did anything, I'm like, is that right? Did I need to call Sarah? <laughs> like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't think he's pooped yet today. Has he pooped yet today? I'm texting my wife. Yeah. Has he pooped yet? Is he okay? Like, is he constipated? What do I need yeah. to do? You know, just freaking out constantly. But at the same time, it was a great learning experience because now I do feel comfortable with him. You know? Yeah. Like, whenever my son was born, and, like, I, I may just be weird. This may be normal. I don't know. But basically, whenever my son was born, I kind of felt like it was Sarah's kid. You know? Like, I didn't really have an emotional attachment to him when I first saw him. You know oh, yeah. what I mean? Like, I always heard, you know, everybody's talking about, oh, man, as soon as you see him, it's going to change your life. And I'm like, I, it, I mean, it's, like, I understand that, like, he's my son. I mean, the kid looks just like me. You know, yeah. same ears, same toes, everything. And But I just, I didn't have an emotional attachment to him. And I really, honestly, I felt bad about it. Like, I, that's one of the reasons why I joined a couple of the new father's Facebook groups was just to talk to him about that. And apparently, you know, a lot of them are like, yeah, man, just give some time. You know, like once yeah. you start bonding with him, that's when you're going to feel it, you know. Whenever the mom sees him, he's gonna, she's going to figure out, you know, who has been inside her for the past nine months. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. they have a strong bond. You know, their hearts were literally beside each other yeah. for nine months solid. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like whenever I was at home for the five-week stay-at-home order, that's when, you know, I started bonding with him. That's when I was like, Okay, like this, this is pretty badass, you know. Like this is this is my little human, basically. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know. And so, it's, it's it's really understandable. Like like now, I mean, I think we're going on. This will be like eighteen years of marriage, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, our son's twelve. Um, but you know, as as you grow a little bit and you age a little bit, you'll be able to look back on it and realize that realistically it was just that whole introduction of this new family member into your unit yeah. um, and 
the realization that you had this huge love for mom, but now it, you know it's like it's like it's like the dog. Like it was mm-hmm. me, my wife, and my dog. Same. And then I brought the kid in, and the dog started acting really weird. Yeah. So it's the same deal. Mm-hmm. We're the dog, and we we go, oh god, there's <laughs> We're there's the this dog. there's this new person in, in our yeah. lives that's going to get more attention than we are. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's totally true. Like, but for us, it was, and it was, I had the same feeling. Um, but you know, when my son was born, we had some complications in delivery. And so, son finally came out, put son on the little bed, rolled yeah. to the side. Well, mama starts to get lights out. The bells, whistles, the oh, code shit. thing went off, called, calling the doctors to the room. Yeah. And the last thing my wife said to me is, go take care of Sully. Yeah. So, I'm literally, it's like something you see in a freaking movie. I'm standing between mom and child that I don't know. I don't yeah. mean I don't know this kid. I mean, he's my yeah. he's my son, yeah. but I don't know him. This woman I've spent six, seven, eight years with, mm-hmm. and I don't know what's happening other yeah. than she just went lights out, yeah. and it happened like twice before they finally got it got her stabilized. Um, but yes, yeah, so I you know went over there to you know be with my son because all the doctors and nurses in the room were paying attention to the wife. Yeah, you know and you feel bad about it, but at that point in time, I'm sitting here thinking, like, now she's not going to be in my life. And yeah. now I've got this this human being that I don't really even know that i got to yeah. take care of. So I, t- I totally understand it. I think everybody, mm-hmm. everybody goes through it, um, especially, you know, not taking anything away from moms, but for dads, we didn't carry that child in our, yeah. in our tummies for, you know, nine months mm-hmm. and, and go through all that. Um, not that any of that's easy. Um, or that I would want to go through that, oh, but sure, we yeah. still didn't have that that bond that they had from the get go. Yeah, um, man, like, dude. I mean, as soon as he was born, you know, like I tried to hold him. We did skin to skin. Uh, he spent a couple weeks in the NICU, and it's kind of a similar situation. I mean, there was never anything bad. I mean, Sarah was fine the entire time, but it was kind of like you know, okay, we're gonna take him back to the NICU. You want to go with him? You gonna stay with her? Yeah, it's like, well, I mean, y'all take him back to the NICU. Y'all are gonna be working on him basically yeah so i was like no nah, i'm just gonna stay with her make sure everything is good okay here and i'll be back to see him soon so i kind of did the same thing but yeah i mean it's you know i whenever uh so my wife had a c-section um it was a scheduled c-section five weeks early our boy was so big he ended up like kicking and breaking her water early so they were i can't remember the actual term that they were saying but basically she had no ambiotic fluid in the womb anymore so like he was just you know like he wasn't floating around they couldn't get turned he was also breech so they said yeah we're gonna schedule a c-section for tomorrow and hopefully everything will be good by then they gave her all the you know anti uh inflammatories and they gave her antibiotic make sure she didn't get any infections right so then they did c-section after that and you know it's five weeks early but it was six pounds too so he wasn't like a small preemie yeah but they kept him in NICU just for observation. We went back there and saw him. And, uh, but yeah, man, like from like day one, you know, he was crying. She'd pick him up. He'd stop. You know, like he could comfort her or she could comfort him. Yeah. Like just almost instantly, literally almost every time. Yeah. Me? Like, I don't know you. You know, like I'd hold him. He'd like open his eyes up, look at me. And he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know you. Hand him over to the wife. He's like, "Oh, I can go to sleep right here. Like I'm comfortable." Yeah, and I guess um, the bad news is, is that's only gonna get worse. Um, <laughs> that's, I mean, I, I that's hate encouraging. To say it. But you know, there's always this. You know, always growing up, you heard this joke about, "Oh, you're nothing but a mama's boy." Mm. I don't care what anybody says. Every boy is a mama's boy, yeah. and that's just the way it is. Um, uh, and it's the same same thing with us. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. she. She carries them. She carried them. That's that her scent and, and all those things are ingrained in their memories. Mm. Um, and you know that's the first really first face they see when they come out. You know, yeah. other than the weird doctor or whatever with the mask on. But yeah. you know they'll relate that to coronavirus later <laughs> on down the road. <laughs> uh, but you know, um, it, it's the same way with us, and even worse. Like um, yeah, so. 
you know, as usual, they take off however many months from work to stay home with the kid and yeah. do all those things. Mm-hmm. But then, like, our son came right before my wife went on summer break from school. Mm-hmm. So she not only had all that time, but then every summer for the past 12 years, yeah, she's with my son. So while I'm working, they're bonding, going to the pool, yeah. going on many vacations to the beach or, or things that, that I can't be involved in um, because I'm from working. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that probably, I mean, that plays a, plays a part of that too. Yeah. Um, but I'd you know, that. I think, uh, I mean, it's the same, but, but with, with girls, I mean, they're all daddy's girls. It's yeah. just, it's, I don't know why, but that is what it is and the mm-hmm. way it is. Um, or at least from, for most of the kids I know in my family. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, it is stressful. Um, cause it's one of those parts where you, look back and question well did i spend enough time did i did i give enough of my time or did i yeah. or was i too self-centered and worried about my own hobbies and my own desires and all that? i mean i've been there uh done that um just because of that relationship being a little tighter than than ours is um, yeah and so i mean that's one of the big things that i want to kind of stay away from too i don't want to be the you know dad who's working all the time yeah anything like that but yeah and i mean i completely understand as far as like the time with bonding because after you know the five weeks me and him definitely had plenty of time to bond and we got a lot i guess a lot more comfortable with each other yeah Yeah. you know and now like i try to every time i go home i make sure to pay him some extra attention you know i mean obviously i want to go see him you know yeah and like i was joking my wife literally last night i walked through the door and, like, as soon as he heard the door open, he, like, looked over. And, you know, he's six months old. Yeah. As soon as he saw me, he, like, had a big grin on his face, started cackling. Yeah. And I was like, oh, at least somebody's happy to see me. Yeah. You know, just taking a shot at my wife. She was happy to see me as well. But, yeah. yeah I like, didn't get any better either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Been there, done that, brother. <laughs> but, no, like, it was cool. You know, like, as soon as he recognized me, yeah. huge smile. Oh, yeah. You know, and now it's like, hey, I know that guy. I like that guy. Oh, you yeah. Know? So, yeah. that was a huge way. And. There's been a couple times where he's been crying, you know, like especially we went to the doctor for his four month shots. And uh, if you're if you're an anti vaxxer out there, don't give me shit. I'm gonna do what I wanna do. Yeah. So like so we give him the four month shots and he's not liking this nurse, man. As soon as those needles go in his thighs, he is pissed. Yeah. As soon as I pick him up, I kinda hold him, he grabs my neck and cries for about five seconds. Yeah. And he's like looking at me and he's trying to look at where she is, you know, she's the threat in the room. But he's like holding on to me and like he was cool after that, you know. Yeah. Like I felt like that was the kind of the first time I was able to soothe him. Oh and yeah. it wasn't like, babe, come here, come here, get him, get him, so stop crying. You yeah. know? So that was that was a really cool experience. I know it wasn't for him and obviously I'm not glad that he was in pain. But it was really cool. Like, I could pick him up, you know. He's like, cool, you're cool, I like you, I'm good now. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that was, yeah. I went to those shots and doctor's appointments. I hated those. God, I hated them. That's that's one of those things that stuck with me. And, I mean, nothing worse than, like, seeing your kid in pain, knowing it hurts. Like, what happened to, like, when they were, used to be when they were at the hospital after they were born they did the whole circumcision thing while they were there i mean whether you're, oh, yeah, they don't do that now anymore. yeah now yeah. you have to make a separate appointment yeah. and then go to that shit and you're like really i don't want to sit through that but you're a new dad you're gonna go because it's your yeah. kid mm-hmm. and then that's the worst you're like oh, yeah god i just made that decision for my kid mm-hmm. to go through that pain <laughs> oh, yeah. well, so, doing it through the rona uh, yeah we had to go to charlotte yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, they weren't great, doing it up here. Wow. I mean, luckily yeah. we had a really good doctor that we, you know, had all grown to be good friends with and stuff. Yeah. But still, you're just like, ugh. Like, all that stuff changes. You know, mm-hmm. when you're a kid, you don't think about that. You're mm-hmm. like, whatever my parents did and what they had to do, cause that's what they were supposed to do. But then mm-hmm. you're a parent, and you're like, oh, I can make an appointment for yeah. having my kids junk wiped cut on and you're like oh my god am i am i good yeah. dad or am i bad dad right now because yeah oh dude trust like that was i mean that was a tough decision to make you know i mean me and my wife made it together but like kind of off to myself i'm like 
And I really want to do this. Like, yeah, like I mean, it's maybe that's something like, he should decide later on. Yeah, like, but at the same time, man, have you like ever talked to an adult who I had it done? Horrible. Yeah, they say it's the worst thing yeah. you could possibly go yeah. through. So you're like, well, shit, you know. Yeah, and I like, if you read the studies, you know, it's a lot healthier and a lot cleaner yeah. for them just to go ahead and get it done, especially yeah. through like their formal years, you know. Yeah. So my son asked about it. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, why? <laughs> It must have just happened. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. He was born without one of those. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It was a miracle. <laughs> yeah, but nah, man. It's, and that's one uh, discussion that comes up on those boards all the time. And like, you know, the post will be two hours old and it'll have 5,000 comments and memes. And like, it's yeah. just an arguing subject. Again, like anti vaxxers and anti circumcisionist whatever anti, it's personal decision anti anything is such a slippery slope and yeah, it's like man. a really hard place to be like it is because you to, have to go into the full detail of what that is yeah 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 and it's i don't know there's a lot of anti stuff going on right now yeah and i'm is. just like i'm not an anti Ooh, now it's the anti-maskers oh yeah anti-pro yeah. this anti that and it's like oh god like yeah. you know how live your life don't yeah. tie your personality live. into one aspect of life. Yeah, live your life. Worry less about everybody else's life and have some freedom, you know? Yeah, like, that's me, man. I'm not an anti-masker at all. You know, if I go to a business that I want to spend money at, they require a mask, I'm going to put on a mask. Exactly, yeah. or I'm not. I'm just not going to think about it. Yeah. You know, like, just leave, go somewhere else, spend your money. Every dollar you spend is a vote to that company. That's one thing, and I I told my son that, or that we were talking about this just the other day, and and you know he doesn't have Facebook or any of that stuff, and realistically, mm-hmm. a kid doesn't want it. Like he has yeah. a cell phone. Well, I mean, his age don't need it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a cell phone that like to get him to answer a text message is like a freaking act of Congress. Like, <laughs> I mean, we literally had to give him a you know, a, or my wife literally yeah, had to yeah. give him the whole. I'm going to text you tomorrow, and if you don't answer the phone, you're in trouble. You know, blah, 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 because you can't get the kid to answer it. I'm like, hey, did you answer the text? No. Why not? Uh, I just didn't check my phone. And then the kid's got like 16 messages. Like, he totally, he's just like me. He hates phones. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't He doesn't want to talk on them. And yeah. there's a lot of people get offended because they're like, well, I wanted to call Sully and wish him a happy birthday. And he's like, Ugh, I don't want to talk on Oh, dude, that's me. If I could cut my voice off yeah. on the phone, I would. Yeah. Text me yeah. or send me an email. Yeah. We don't need to talk. But that was the one thing I told him, I was like, because we were talking about the anti-this, anti-that, but then we really got to talk about opinions, and I'm like, son, not everybody in the world needs to know your opinion, like, right. on on shit, like, yeah. like, nobody needs to know that you don't agree with masking, yeah. like, yeah. who cares, mm-hmm. if you don't agree with it, don't agree with it, and move on, Yeah, that's like, because there's so much stress comes from <laughs> all this social media stuff, Yeah, um, especially right now, mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I don't want to go down the political mm, or nah, social don't. media wormhole yeah. that thing is because that's like a succubus. Yeah. <laughs> it can take a lot of li- a lot of life away. Um, oh, definitely. But yeah, yeah, anti. Just that's I don't know. I don't really want to be anti anything, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean I agree with everything. everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I I can love anybody and mm-hmm. pretty much love most people. Yeah. Like. How they are, you know, where they stand. The whole nine yards, like, it's, if that's you, that's you, and I'm cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's what brings people together is differences, not similarities. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if all my friends were like me, that'd be a very boring conversation. Yeah. If all of your friends were like you, again, that'd, that'd be, be a very really lame boring conversation. conversation. <laughs> but no, nah, man, it's the differences that make life worth living, you know, yeah. like learning new people and, you know, even though somebody is an anti-masker, I'm not saying they're stupid. You know, I'm sure they have a legitimate reason behind yeah. not wanting to wear a mask. All right. You know, I've got a couple friends who are anti-maskers. I'm completely cool with that. Yeah. You do what you want to do, I'm going to do what I want to do. Right. You know? Just don't call me stupid. Yeah. Exactly. Because <laughs> that's where I get irritated. <laughs> yeah. It's like, don't loop, don't group a bunch of people mm-hmm. together and call them all stupid because yeah. you don't agree with them. You know? It's oh. like, no, just... Feel the way you feel and move on with it, but mm-hmm. don't use your your I guess your ideology to to bring other people down. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, All so right, man. stress, stress. It'll kill you, make you age fast. 
Yeah, so I guess more gray hair than you should have. Yeah, I guess we should. What exactly does stress do to the body? Nothing good, man. Like I said, you got different types of stress. Not all stress is bad, and we didn't really go into good stress. We can kind of cover that on a different topic. <laughs> we can cover that whenever we talk about recovery-based training. That is true. Ah, yes, there yes. is good stress. Yes, there definitely is good stress. And, you know, all stress is kind of how you look at it. Yeah. You know? With yeah. the stress of the coronavirus, or the threat of the coronavirus, as my friend says, you also had a lot of people coming up with some very creative ways. To continue their art, you know, whether it was personal training, martial arts, anything like that. So it kind of, especially with small business owners, they had to get very creative, you know. So it may have taught them something that they didn't know about themselves. And it may have gave them a new avenue to have some more income for when they do open back up. They're going to have two sources of income or three or whatever, depending on, you know, what you did. So it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it was definitely an extremely stressful thing. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the one thing, like, I guess... To really think about as a parent, as a new dad or dad in stress is, um, for me, like I struggle with stress, anxiety, depression issues for most of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that all stems back to childhood and things that happened in childhood. But yeah. um, but it's been a struggle. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, as I've gotten older, I've, I've learned to manage it. Um, I had to learn to manage it. But the one thing to remember is that... Um, you know, our kids are following our example. Um, and some of those not so good qualities that come with anxiety and and and, and stress or or that your kid picks up on those. Their children yeah. pick up on those. Um, especially those stressors, you know, and, and that's one thing, um, I guess tying that into to fitness and um, athleticism and all those things. For me, um the gym, the run, the bike, all those things have always been that avenue for me to release stress. Yeah. Um, it's very, and my wife will flat out see it. She will we'll talk on the phone. She can she can hone in on how I'm feeling, and she will make sure that I know I need to go get my run in or get my workout in before I come home because she knows that's my outlet. She knows once I get that done and I get in there and I get my zone, I can work it out, and I come home a better person. Um, because, you know, there have been times when I came home and I was you know, stressed to the far as, I, as much as I could take. Yeah. Um, and kids pick up on that stuff. And then it becomes yeah. part of their personality. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, you got a kid that's pacing the, like mine, that's going back to school. Now, now mine is going back to school. He's a science nerd, and he's done his own research on coronavirus and all those things he's now going back to school in the middle of a pandemic um he's done his research he knows he doesn't want to get this stuff but he's also picked up on his dad's uh, ability to be really stressed out about things mm. so the night before the first day of school mom and dad got no sleep because son was back and forth back and forth on a goat path to their bedroom because he couldn't get any sleep because he was nervous because he was stressed out yeah um you know and once he got the first day i mean he's, he's back to normal now first day bam done back mm. to normal sleeping sleeping like he always does the whole nine yards right. but his his worrying and anxiety issues stem you know it could Part of that could be because he's my kid, but a lot of that's because I brought that those things home. Yeah, um, it could be genetics, but it also could be learned behavior. Right. You know? Like, um, kids are going to learn a lot more than you want to. Exactly. It's like you try to get them to say, Dada, yeah. it's going to take you, you know, a thousand tries. Oh, yeah. You say, damn it, one time, yeah. they're right behind you. Damn oh, yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Damn it. That's it. That's <laughs> yeah. it. They ain't just going to pick up on the stuff you want them to learn. They're yeah. going to pick up on everything else, yeah. man. And I... And that's one of the, and I guess that's one of the good things. Like, I have become really transparent person mm-hmm. through being like a dad and all those things. I want people to know that those things, you know, they do learn those, they do pick up on, them and they become terribly bad habits. And then you all of a sudden you're seeing yourself and you hate it because you don't. I mean, just like we talked about with the pain thing, you don't want your kid to hurt physically, mm-hmm. but you don't want them to hurt emotionally either. Yeah. So. It's very important to find those outlets and plug into those outlets, those hobbies. You know, don't go overboard with them, but use fitness, 
use uh, cycling, use running as an outlet to get out there and exercise the demons <laughs> before you go home and take that stuff home to your kids and your family because it yeah. will poison the well um, yeah. tremendously. So. Yeah, and I mean, all of those avenues, it's a great way to release stress because it also releases endorphins. Exactly. Endorphins will counteract cortisol. Cortisol is one of the biggest, most destructive stress hormones in your body. Yep. Endorphins, dopamine, all of that stuff is good at just flushing out the cortisol. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I think that was good. We're at an hour, so we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, it felt like 30 minutes. I know, man. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I love doing podcasts. You yeah. know, it just flies by. And, yeah, I mean, I think we got a lot accomplished on this one. Um, Thank you to all the listeners yeah, for uh, listening in. And uh, if you could, whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on, if you could give us a five-star rating, leave us a review, we'd really appreciate it. And we hope to talk to you soon. Bye. Peace out.